0: Welcome to my friend's place in W G O T L P LP Gainesville. Uh, this week on the show, we have a lot of brand new music releases and we'll review uh, what all the cool teens are watching on TV. Plus, in animal news, we'll uh, give you information about the drunkest animal and cocaine dog. So sit back and enjoy.
1: get any mail today no okay thank you I'll see you tomorrow then (laughs) mr. postman
0: is Georgia Harmer with Austin, and you're listening to My Friend's Place here on WGOT LP Gainesville. Here's what you also heard in the warm-up mix this week here on the show. Leading things off, you had Ty Segal with Story of the Century. Then it was Toro Ima with a Postman. After that, it was Bronze, People Watching People. Then you heard one from Tempers called Night Walking, and that catches you up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. And Let me say it is good to be back after... Um, Kind of a week off due to technology issues. I recorded a live my friend's place and Crammel mix show as part of the WGOT Acromathon fundraiser, and unfortunately, I was cursed by the technology gods because uh, the flash drive I was using to record the um, shows uh, somehow became corrupted in between the time uh, that I left the studio at WGOT and the time I got home. Which was kind of a bummer because, yeah, I lost the show, uh, both the shows, actually. So, um, even a bigger bummer, though, was that almost all of the MP3 files that I've uh, used for my friend's place in the past two or three years were lost. So, I've been uh, I've been slowly, like, uploading all my music to a cloud-based account, um, but not that flash drive, unfortunately. So, uh, lesson learned. Uh, speaking of the Akramathon uh, WGOT fundraiser, uh, the GoFundMe uh, fundraiser is still up and open. And you can find information about that both on our Facebook page or you can uh, travel over to uh, GoFundMe.com and search for WGOT. Uh, please contribute if you can. And um, let's actually get back into some new music. So uh, brand new music right now here on my friend's place. It is collapsing scenery. You already know.
2: Keep it from me forever You can't keep it from me forever no, 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 no You can't keep it from me forever No, 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 no Every trick in the book Every trick by hook or by crook. I'll go on, you'll go on, We'll go on, we'll go on, it's too involved Every trick in the book Every trick by hook or by crook I'll go on, I'll go on, I'll go on, I'll go on i get it too involved
0: Helena DeLand with Claudion off the soundtrack uh, from The Fallout, a movie I'm going to review here in just a minute or two on My Friend's Place. Before I do so, let's catch you up on all the great music you heard this week. Coming out of the break, you had collapsing scenery you already know. Then it was uh, Peter Doherty and Federico uh, Lowe with You Can't Keep It From Me Forever. Then you heard uh, Ducks Limited with Sheets of Grey. Then uh, one of the all-time great uh, alternative uh, rock bands from Australia, Hootie Gurus with new music. Carry on. Then speaking of Great bands. You have The Smile, which is made up of two of the members of Radiohead, and that song title is The Smoke. And now you uh, knew everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. So uh, let's find out um, what those teens are watching right now on the old uh, TV today. Um, well, perhaps not an actual television, but maybe a phone, iPad, or some other device. Um, So, I caught a brand new movie on HBO called The Fallout. I played a song from that earlier in the uh, mix from uh, Helena Deland. Land. You know, it has nothing at all to do with the video game Fallout because that was my first, like, uh, thought. Uh, But Fallout turns out to be one of my favorite kinds of movies because I turned it on and I didn't know anything about it when I first started checking it out. It turns out, uh, there was a day afternoon, I wasn't really, uh, feeling that great, and I'm still not, you can't judge by my, my super raspy, uh, Kathleen Turner voice, but, um, I was just sitting home one day, wasn't feeling very good, and, uh, turned on my HBO Max app, uh, HBO Max is not an actual, uh, <coughs> they do not give, uh, WGOT any money, I guess, was what I'm trying to look for, but, uh, anyway, sitting at home, turned on uh, HBO Max, it was kind of the lead movie, So I decided to check it out. Uh, And I'm really glad I did check out The Fallout. Uh, So here is a quick quick synopsis of the movie. Uh, The Fallout follows a teenage girl uh, in the aftermath of yet another school shooting. And she's played by uh, Jenna Ortega, who is great. Uh, And then the movie goes on kind of to explore the main character's trauma. And uh, her relationship with a new friend that she made. Because, you know... They were stuck together in the restroom hiding uh, during the shooting. So, didn't really know each other before that point. That event kind of bonded them. So, um, really does not sound much like a fun movie, alright? And, uh, well, at times it isn't fun at all. But, here's the but. Uh, the first time director, Megan Park, really manages to take that heavy tone and mix in some humor and um takes a really tragic story and manages to blend it with kind of a traditional coming of age teenage story and get all that into one movie so what would sound like incredibly like heavy and depressing turns out not as much and i gotta tell you the the star of the movie jenna ortega really really makes this movie great and i was completely impressed with her performance of the movie and I was also really impressed with one other thing just how nuanced and three-dimensional all the characters were written because normally you have all these stock characters in a movie you kind of know what's gonna happen like in a teenage tragedy movie like this but they all kind of had their own story and were incredibly well written so on top of a uh, Jen Ortega's performance I gotta say all the other actors young actors involved in the story were pretty great and some older ones too the parents and the uh, there's a person the therapist also uh, were all really great so definitely worth checking out even though it may sound like a movie that's maybe you want to avoid because of the heavy subject definitely worth checking out so what else were the teens watching well we know for sure the teens are watching euphoria on hbo Now, Euphoria, I reviewed it last year on My Friend's Place. And there's no secret, I love season one. It's from my favorite film company, A24, uh, combined with my favorite TV channel, HBO. Uh, So, if you keep up um, with pop culture or have any teenagers, you probably know all about Euphoria. Which is a show about kids, but not actually for kids. Um, Well, at least not for kids who... Uh, At the very least, they aren't teenagers. And by teenagers, I'm probably not talking about 13. More like 15 or above, but I guess it depends on the kids. So there are lots of drug use and sex. And, uh, of course, if you uh, watch the press, mucho, mucho frontal male nudity. Interestingly enough, they made kind of a decision creatively not to do any female frontal nudity, which was kind of a staple, like in 80s and 90s uh, movies. But only uh, penises, which I think I can simply say on community radio. Um, But anyway, lots of uh, male frontal nudity. Then also, um, there is an actual point, and I think it's made by some of the parents and people that like the show, that um, euphoria glamorizes drug use and teenage sex. And um, it kind of does in a way. But... The counter argument to that is Euphoria at least attempts to kind of show the, the bad effects as well So one of my favorites from season 1 uh, episodes Is about the main character, Aru, played by the great Zendaya And um, she's come kind of off a drug, drug binge And fighting severe depression, which is not very uncommon For people coming off of a huge drug binge uh, Spoiler alert, uh, but regardless She's coming off this huge binge, super depressed, and she's at the point where she actually develops a bladder infection because she's too depressed to get out of bed and stop watching TV. So, um, that certainly isn't glorifying drug use. It's kind of showing you the other side to it, which I think is really important. Uh, The show has a very stylized look and soundtrack, which obviously appeals to uh, teenagers. But here's the thing. The writing and the character development really make this show uh, worth watching if you're an adult, especially if you aren't easily offended. And um, I'm certain as the show goes on the season, it's going to gain more and more controversy um, as the season pushes on. Uh, so one of my favorite episodes of all time for Euphoria just aired uh, last week, actually. And in the episode, they go back to the 80s, and they explore like the origin story and past of one of the dads who is actually a really, really bad person in uh, the show. Um, And as part of their origin story, they play some uh, great 80s, like, alternative hits, including almost the entire soundtrack uh, in excess from that time period. So what I decided to do for this next uh, music break is put together a mix of some of the songs that you heard in that uh, Euphoria episode, which is episode three and season two. And... uh, As part of that mix, first I'm going to start out with one of my absolute all time favorite bands and one of my favorite all time uh, favorite songs from that band. So first up in this 80s throwback mix from Euphoria, you're going to hear Depeche Mode Never Let Me Down.
2: And they can never tear us apart
0: From the Euphoria soundtrack, that is Ministry with Epigee. No, I'm not in, and maybe a couple people surprised to find out that Ministry actually started out as a synth fan in the early 80s and kind of gravitated to the industrial sound that um, they're more well known for. And personally, I know it's going to offend probably a couple people, maybe even Fred Sowder. I like the synthy stuff they did better than the actual industrial stuff. Not that I don't like the industrial version of Ministry. But some of the stuff they did early on in the 80s was amazing and EPIG is one example of that so um before that playing kind of a mini mix down of some of the songs you've heard on euphoria the 80s songs um you heard depeche mode never let me down again after that you had dan hartman i can dream about you then it was Erasure, chains of love after that you had in excess never tear us apart and gotta say over the past two episodes of euphoria I think they played at least five or six NXX songs from uh, that's, that album. Then uh, one of my favorites, Echo and the Bunnymen, Lips Like Sugar. And you're officially called up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's place, including the Euphoria 80s-themed uh, mix you just heard. So um, just a quick reminder, if you want to find me online, it's really easy. Search for Crama, which is C-R-A-M-E-L-A. Also, if you want to help out the station, we have a Patreon account. Go to patreon.com backslash and consider uh, donating $1 a month or maybe more if you can. So with that off of the uh, table or out in the open, let's do some cram animal news. My favorite new segment that I've introduced in 2022, where we give you up-to-date information about some of your favorite animals. And first up, let's start with an animal. And we want to find out what animal can actually handle alcohol the best. I'll give you a second or two to think about that. Dead air is great on the radio, by the way. So (laughs) with that said, um, I'm guessing that you're probably thinking maybe elephant? Uh, Rhino? So probably a lot of uh, animals that have a lot of mass... Um, That would kind of make sense. Uh, Perhaps you're thinking about, I don't know, Vladimir Putin's uh, pet bear? Putin. Is it Putin or Putin? Vladimir Putin's pet bear. That would seem to be like an animal, like a really old slicker. Perhaps you're thinking about uh, Clyde, who is the orangutan uh, from the Clint Eastwood movie, Every Which Way But Loose. And give yourself two cramble points if you got that old movie reference. Give yourself a pat on the back right now. So there you go. Give me a second to do that if you got it. Be honest now. Um, Or the most alcoholic animal. um, Maybe it could even be like, um, I don't know. I'm thinking uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro's uh, alcoholic poodle. Regardless, whatever you think, you probably have the wrong answer. Because this turns out to be a little bit of a trick question. Uh, Kind of like um, those questions where they ask you, what's the strongest animal in the world? And you're thinking, well, elephant or uh, ape. It always turns out to be something like ants, uh, because ants have the highest ratio of their body mass to what they can uh, carry and move. So it is kind of a trick question. But here you go. And you can share this with all your friends and your children. The animal that can handle its alcohol the best is i wish i had a drum roll but i don't imagine a drum roll all right there we go it turns out to be a hamster so how is that possible that the uh, hamster is the best at handling alcohol in all of the animal kingdom well actually it turns out to be a pretty amazing adaptation that hamsters have so in the wild Uh, Hamsters basically, uh, whether you know or don't know, they hoard ryegrass and fruit in order to uh, survive the really cold winter months, and it turns out uh, that rye and fruit, not surprisingly, starts to ferment over the winter, and the longer it sits, the more alcoholic it becomes. And so it turns out that um, because of this, hamsters, um, if you give them a choice between Everclear or regular water, because of the wild hamsters, they actually prefer the Everclear over the water because the uh, Everclear has calories in it and you would need those calories in the wild to be able to live throughout the winter. So, um, you know, I'll personally, I'll be glad to uh, donate any of my extra calories to any needy hamsters out there because it's pretty obvious I don't need them, but um, very interesting. So there you go, there's your animal. The uh, Number one alcoholic animal in the world, surprisingly, hamsters. Let's move on to uh, story number two on cram animal uh, news. Coke sniffing dogs. Yeah. So I'm not talking about the dogs that the DA uses to uh, sniff out and find cocaine and other drugs. Way, way simpler than that. Um, I'm actually talking about dogs that are addicted to cocaine. So how exactly would a dog become addicted to cocaine a very expensive drug um so my very first thought when i saw the headline is that maybe it was the people who train fighting dogs they could use coke to make them more aggro and aggressive and better biters and then i thought well maybe it was really horrible bad people um who have guard dogs and they want those guard dogs to be able to stay awake all night and guard their property or whatever drugs they're selling. But it turns out uh, cocaine sniffing dogs is just a simple case of Occam's Razor. If you're not familiar with Occam's Razor, uh, pretty much it says the simplest solution is the best solution. So, cocaine addicted dogs? Of course, there's only one possible answer using Occam's Razor. We have to be talking about the Playboy Mansion in the 80s and 90s. So it turns out that Hugh Hefner's best friend had a poodle uh, that would kind of hang out around the mansion named uh, Lewis. And according to a new documentary that's coming out, which I will not promote, um, it turns out that around the mansion, uh, Lewis kind of wandered around and became addicted to cocaine uh, by dipping his nose in these huge coke vials that were littered everywhere. Especially during the 80s and 90s. So, um, Lewis is going around the mansion, like, checking out all the crazy action. Binds like an empty vial, kind of sticks his nose down in there, and there's some coke residue. Um, according to this documentary, Lewis was so addicted um, that he would go up and actually lick the cocaine residue off people's nose. And uh, somehow, and none of this is, seems surprising uh, for what I know from the Playboy Mansion. And i got to tell you, as an 18-year-old male, it kind of seemed glamorous at the time. But the more I learn about the place, the sadder it actually seems. Whether it is uh, the stories of, like, dog poop everywhere in the Playboy Mansion, or there were holes in the walls, or dirty carpet, or drug-addicted poodles, it just doesn't really seem like the magical place it was kind of built up to be. When I, like I said, when I was 18, maybe even 16. Um, But I guess that's the story of life, I suppose. Nothing is what it really seems. So, there you have it. Drug Hamsters and Cocaine Dogs. As uh, my friend's place here on the channel, Burnley, Burnley cements his place as the absolute least informative show on WGOT. Uh, WGOT has stripped, Democracy Now!, Counterpoise, Planetary Radio, a bunch of other shows, and then you have My Friend's Place Just like bringing up the rear and stinking up the whole station. So luckily um, I have the perfect song for drunk hamsters and coked-out dogs Next up in the mix here on My Friend's Place you're gonna hear Grimes uh, with Shinigami (laughs)
1: Coast and loneliness, I step through deep in the waves, surrender to the tide movements. Every day the same question, am I a nuisance? Provide the proof, roof lift, the sky, stars and moon. Hold time down bad, trying to mind my business, engulfed in this cold world's grimace. Shiver, limits like a never known distance. Please rid me of the guilt I'm dismissing. Love spells and it's such a special feeling, in it? All that I would do to make you my woman Door got closed and my face kept pushing You told me to find me, I never stopped looking Wrapped in your arms is where my cure is I will flow in your love's current I love the Then I told you and Then I told you I love
3: to
1: you. And Then I told you
4: Keeping the light on
1: we wanna see this man in the magazine it's just us we wanna see
0: from Anika, Winner Circle, and I gotta tell you, automatically consider you a winner if you're listening to my friend's place here on WGOT LP Gainesville, 100.1 FM. How's that for a uh, segue? Um, you just also heard in the last half hour of music, brand new stuff from uh, Grimes, Shinigami, then it was PE, uh, Blue Nude, Reclined, not Public Enemy, but the different PE, then it was a Babe Heaven Make Me Wanna featuring Navy Blue. After that, you had Indie Greats with the new music. It's Franz Ferdinand with Curious. Uh, then you heard Renata Zaguer with the Sunset Boulevard. After that, you had Hatchie Quicksand. Then it was one from uh, Joy Oladokun with uh, Keeping the Light On. And then a uh, new music, a second new uh, song you heard this week from uh, Toro Imoa. Earlier you heard uh, Postman, or Postal rather. and I oh, was Postman. Sorry, I had it right the first time. And this time in the mix you had another new one from them called Magazine, which features Salami Rose and Joe Lewis. So... Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to WGOT. And if you're looking for a way to help out WGOT, we do currently have an open GoFundMe fundraiser. You can find information about that on the WGOT Facebook page, pinned to the top. And we know it is really, really hard to get people uh, to pay for something that is... Um, I'm going to put my air quotes up. You can't see me on the radio, but uh, I got my air quotes up. Uh, so something that is quote-unquote free. Uh, but the reality is running WGOT is not free at all Um, our station budget just kind of giving you a peek behind the scenes Uh, a rough estimate is you know around ten thousand dollars a year and that is just the basic stuff Um, so we've always got our fingers crossed that we don't have some kind of major disaster uh, like COVID for example or hardware failure or software failure so Unfortunately, at WGOT, most of our fundraisers are live events and concerts that the volunteers organize, and we basically get a lot of our revenue from that. And probably know by now, COVID has really crippled um, all our fundraising efforts, because it's been really hard to organize concert and live events for the past two years. So, got a suggestion for you. Why don't you take some of that extra money you got, because I know, I know you did this, uh, from all the people who canceled their spotify account just send a little bit of it our way you won't regret it and i promise you here's your wgot uh Kranla, my friend's place promise wgot has been uh joe rogan free since 2003 and will continue to be in the future so none of our money goes to joe rogan and then uh, the other thing i really want to talk about before i hand things over to the next show dj Unfortunately, this week we saw yet another passing of a great, great Hollywood legend. Uh, this time it was Howard Hesman, who had a long, long and amazing like television and movie career. Uh, so most of the people that are listening to my friend's plays probably remember him as Johnny Fever, who was a fictitious DJ on a fictitious uh, show, WKRP in Cincinnati. And pretty much everyone I know who is in radio... Whether it's now, or in the past, or wanted to be in radio, uh, they were actually influenced by this TV character, and um, myself included. Now, I really love WKRP, but I saw it mostly uh, in reruns and syndication. It was a little bit before my time, just a little bit. So his other big show was Head of the Class, in which Howard Hesman plays a high school gifted teacher, and I watched that each and every day on ABC when it aired, and then uh, for a long time in syndication. And I gotta tell you, I love Head head of the Class just as much as WKRP. So, for the closer this week, I'm gonna give you both the theme songs uh, from Head of the Class and WKRP in Cincinnati in honor of Howard Hesman. Uh, So, rest in peace, Howard, and I'll be back uh, same time, same channel next week. Until then, Adios. (music)